I V M. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Triangle Offense. I'm Monish. As always, I'm joined by Nishant. We are almost a week into the NBA and games have been coming fast at us. Teams have gone undefeated. Teams that we have not predicted. Teams like Bucks and the Warriors have been lagging at the bottom of the table. We'll talk all about the start of the NBA season in today's episode. It's going to be a fun talk. Hey Nishant, uh, difficult to keep track of games. Almost yeah, what, ten games every day, and yeah. like they're coming fast at you. And I'm not complaining, but it's super fun, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you never see. For me, the best best part of all this is, and very selfishly, I never have to think about what do I need to watch now while eating or whatever, because there's always a game <laughs> I miss that I can catch up on. And and I'm yeah, I'm not complaining. Also, yeah, they they are coming too fast, right? I think when we were catching up before uh, before we hit record. Um, I thought the Timberwolves were undefeated. I just forgot. Just today they lost a game, right? Because they were two at the start, and I yep. forgot there was a third game already. So yeah, yep. it's coming thick and fast, but I'm not complaining. So let's get right into the topic because I think we'll have a lot of content to cover today. And let's start yeah. off with our favorite superstar in the off season, James Harden. <laughs> Is he came out there, put out his the James Harden we knew. He got like 40 odd points. Yep. Uh, the Rockets lost a close game to the Portland Timberwolves. Uh, Trailblazers, sorry. See, that's how many games are coming at you. But uh, James Harden showed what James Harden is capable of and also expanded the list of teams that he wants, he could move to. Portland being one of them and he kind of put an audition for them. This is a James Harden we knew. I mean, we know that uh, when he has the ball in, in his hand, he's probably one of the best players in the game. But uh, his antics of the court yeah. is probably that is somewhat troubling. So where do you think this is actually going? I mean, he put on a great performance. Do you think Rockets would love to have him in the season for one more year and then let's see his trade value in the offseason uh, next year and trade him out. If so, where which teams do you think might be interested in now that you've seen that he's, he can still play? Well, I, I don't know that this performance changed that much about him. First of all, it was mm-hmm. 40-something points and 17 assists. 17 assists is ridiculous from anyone in one game. That's insane. And and I think if anything, this, this game only served as a reminder that James Harden is also one of the most elite playmakers in the league and not just the most lethal scorer in the league, right? But right. but there's nothing really new. We know that James Harden is this guy. And this is what everyone's been saying all, all along this preseason when there was all these uh, controversies surrounding James Harden that he gets a lot of leeway because he'll, he'll go away, he won't be with the team, he won't show up to practice, he'll come to the game, he'll drop 50. It's very Allen Iverson of him in that yeah. respect, right? But if you're a GM around the league, what are you seeing? You're seeing James Harden being James Harden. It it still came in a loss, that performance. So he didn't carry his team. But that's a, that's a bit harsh because they had a bunch of guys out for COVID and contact tracing and all of that. And they barely only had nine people to play with. And almost everyone worth anything played 40 minutes upwards uh, in yeah. that game. right? But but if you're a GM around the league, and, and remember, there are only a handful of teams that can really trade for James Harden, mm-hmm. where they can offer mm-hmm. something in return that, that the Houston Rockets can consider. Now, in all of those teams, if you're not going for the chip by adding James Harden, what's the point, right? Then, then just do what you're doing and keep rebuilding. Uh, mm-hmm. James Harden has to be a quick jump, a quantum leap to chip winning capabilities. Otherwise, there's mm-hmm. no point. Now, how mm-hmm. many teams are there among the teams that can viably trade for James Harden, where they can give away what it would take to acquire James Harden? And still have a chip winning team. Right? Because it's going to cost a lot to send the other way to get James Harden. So, net of that transaction, are you still a guaranteed chip contender or, or right up there among the best? Not too many teams that can do that, right? Like Portland is in the conversation. 
What do they do? They trade Dame Lillard for James Harden. What does that achieve? No way. Yeah. It's still not a cheapening team, right? The only way they're going for the championship is if they keep Dame Lillard and somehow get James Harden. But then what do they give up in the process? CJ has gone for sure then, right? Because he's right. the next big name there. Uh, who else do they give up? Like a bunch of role players, right? Because outside of Dame Lillard and CJ, there's no real star quality there in, in Portland. Mm-hmm. So then they, they they trade pretty much all of their role players and, and CJ. Now you have Dame Lillard and James Harden, firebrand backcourt. But do you really see that integrating? No. So so I think that's where the dilemma lies. And also, I think at some point, this is going to end up with Houston either forcing him to stay mm-hmm. or them finally dropping their expectations. Because right now, I think uh, the way Houston seem to be negotiating and, and what I'm gauging from how long this is taking is if you're Portland, Houston are probably saying, give us Lillard plus plus and we'll give you hard. Because that's what mm-hmm. he's worth. And Portland mm-hmm. are like, well, that's, there's no point. right? And, and this seems to be happening across the league. So as a GM, there's there's nothing new that you would have learned about James Harden, except that he can marshal an offense pretty much like no other. He's right up there at the top. Right? You if you if you watch the game, if you watch those performances, it's almost LeBron-like how James Harden mm-hmm. uses screens, he uses flare screens to get the to get the switch that he wants off the pick and roll. And he mm-hmm. did there's this one sequence where he did it three times, three screens until he got the switch that he wanted. Then he drove in. Because mm-hmm. that switch also means that his big man, Wood, now has a mismatch in the low post. So he drives right. to the lane, draws that double team. It's already a mismatch to begin with and he draws that defender away with the double team. Easy lob, mm-hmm. easy lob, alley-oop, dunk. It, it's just that easy for James Harden. When you're James Harden, you get the switch that you want because you can read the play and make uh, make calls like no other. You can dribble mm-hmm. like pretty much no other. And because of the threat that you are, you'll draw double teams routinely, which means you kick it out, easy assist, pocket. That, that was probably the subtlest reminder that he's given to GMs. But there's still the dilemma of how do you integrate James Harden into your team? And what are you going to have to give up to get James Harden? And are you still a chip contender net in that transaction? I don't think too many teams are very confident of this right now. Right. And the, given the way that Rockets play, I don't think they're going to complain if James Harden's going to stay and play, perform the way he right. did, right? Because they were uh, they were down a few people, like you said. John right. Wall didn't play, DeMarcus Cousins didn't play. And still, they uh, did give Portland a run for their money, who's pretty much a playoff team. So, uh, I'm not complaining if uh, Rockets decide to keep him. And unhappy Harden, if he gives you 50 points, I'll take it. Yeah, but I, I that's the thing, right? Uh, this was James Harden, probably just pissed off with all of the slander and all mm-hmm. of the nonsense that was spoken about him, right? And mm-hmm. this was James Harden just reminding everyone that on the court, he is still that guy. He mm-hmm. is still that monster. And mm-hmm. a consummate professional because I, I think this part is easily overlooked about Harden. When was the last time Harden really load managed when you think about it? Yeah. And Never, we talk I, about I LeBron's it, yeah. durability. When was mm-hmm. it that Harden missed a run of games because of injury either? Right. He's been around since forever in this league. So yep. th- this part's easily overlooked. Um, so I think he just wanted to come out and shut people up. I don't, I don't know if you can expect this to carry all the way through the season if he's forced to stay. Mm-hmm. It could be part audition, part reminder to GMs of who he is, and part just a, a warning shot to everyone to shut the hell up and uh, you know not disrespect him, saying is he really that player anymore just because he's not shown up on that court for a while. Alright, so that was James Harden and Houston Rockets. We'll keep a close eye on them. Yeah. He might probably stay there, which is my bet. But uh, <clears throat> very likely, he might move somewhere. And like you said, I don't think... Uh, like, how many teams has he touched now? Denver Nuggets, Portland, Knicks. Yeah, like I said, he's yeah. one weekend away from including <laughs> NFL teams in the list that he's okay with going to. 
నెక్స్ట్ and they took a loss against the Knicks. Now, one thing that concerns me here is the Bucks haven't changed a lot. Uh, they have the same gameplay. Pass the ball to Giannis and hope that he does his thing, which he does quite a bit, but you know that it doesn't work in the playoffs. So when they face a big team like the Celtics, they even though he got a 30 and 13 kind of scoreline, but it was still all Giannis, right? Where is his support cast? Middleton had a good game against the Warriors. He did pretty decent against the Knicks. Drew Holiday was pretty good, but... When I look at the rest of the lineup, right? DiVincenzo, uh, Portis, Wilson, Connaughton, Augustine. This doesn't look like a chip-winning team to me. What do you think? No, I I think even before the matches started, I don't think we were looking at this team and saying, this is a chip-winning team. Like the Drew Holiday trade is blockbuster. It's amazing for them. Especially mm-hmm. in the postseason. This is a this is a trade whose value will really mature once they hit the postseason. Mm-hmm. And yet, they really don't look there. I, I don't think I would bet against the 76ers if they were playing mm-hmm. this box team. if the celtics find their feet which right now it looks like they're having an extended preseason um, i i'd still consider them slight favorites over the bucks mm-hmm. and i'd absolutely consider brooklyn favorites over the bucks because they can shoot it like no other team in the east and right. they can play some defense on the bucks right so i i don't think even before the matches we were looking at the bucks and saying all right this looks like a chip contender they're up there but but not really the favorites in the east not even close now mm-hmm. what uh, having said that with a lot of these teams were what two games three games in for most teams in True. the league yep and this was the shortest off season ever which means mm-hmm. not only did they not get time to condition themselves in a lot of teams that made trades signed free agents etc haven't really got time to work those players into their offense and their defensive schemes right uh, like drew right now you're seeing all of these new players in new teams um do what they do as individuals you're not really seeing them kind of worked into a free flowing offense except maybe the nets uh, yep. but but even there even there that speaks really to the quality of the superstars that they have right that they integrated mm-hmm. themselves so well and so early but with the box what they really have to figure out is how do they how do they use the shooting uh, and playmaking prowess of middleton and drew holiday and fit them into schemes that run around Giannis and probably even Brook Lopez. I feel like they should do a lot more of that um, mm-hmm. low post and passing that's pivoting around the low post uh, stuff that they can do with Brook Lopez, right? I think I think it's I, I'd give them a few more games to really figure these things out, but there are encouraging signs such mm-hmm. as and this is probably, you know, same old box, right? That Middleton looks great, his shot looks yep. great. He's scoring yep. buckets for fun. Drew Holiday is doing on both ends of the floor what you would expect him to do. And to add to that, another encouraging sign is Giannis is shooting those threes a bit. <laughs> There's nothing spectacular yet. But if that develops over the course of a season, that's good. Because that's another threat. And, and granted, you will need to get him open. But as they find more and more schemes, that, and this is why it's so important to integrate Brook Lopez into that offense. Because he's great in the low post and he's a stretch big. Now, if they can, if they can have cuts and slashes involving Drew Holiday or a Middleton, and bouncing it around with Brook Lopez that that then gives you a lot more options of getting Giannis open to either drive in with force or hit an open shot 
if Yanis can knock down open shots, that's a start. And that's something yes. they can build on. Right. So right. so it's it's way too early to comment. Yes, they don't look like a, a guaranteed chip contender yet, but they can get there with this team. And a lot of that will involve Giannis becoming a better shooter, even mm-hmm. the slightest bit. And mm-hmm. a lot of schemes that they'll have to figure out not involving Giannis uh, being being the center of that scheme. Like he can be the outcome, he can be the end receiver, but not not be the center of that scheme and, and the one that runs it. If they can do that, then we're talking. Because on exactly. defense, this team's elite. It's the offense that they need to figure out. Exactly. And I don't think Yanis needs to build on his three-point shooting. I think what he needs to build on is his free-throw shooting. Because if he yeah. had sunk both yeah. those free-throws against the Celtics, they could have been there, right? And that's going to happen quite a bit this yeah. season because teams are just going to foul him when he drives in like that. Okay, and Giannis. he just needs to convert those free-throws free and yeah. get the points for the Bucks. Yeah. So that yeah, is no something... Doubt. No doubt. All right. Uh, the second team that is not so hot is the Warriors. And this I'm saying despite okay. them picking up the win against Chicago Bulls. Yes. Now, Steph Curry has been kind of not Steph Curry, un-Steph Curry-like, if I can call it that. Yeah. He got yeah. 2 out of 10 in his first game out, out of for three-point shooting. 2 out of 10 in the second game for three-point shooting. Yesterday, he shot a little more and he got 5 out of 15. That's not very Steph Curry-like, is it? And yeah. my question to you is, Warriors, we put them initially in a playoff team. You said that. Any team that has Steph Curry are going to the playoffs. But is this team with Steph Curry going to the playoffs? Yeah, it's not looking very good after after a couple of games, is it now? Uh, again, not going to write them off. It's These two, three games in a shortened off-season tells me nothing. For me, this is still across the league. This is extended preseason. People are still working themselves back into, into conditioning. Like you see the post-match press conferences, you'll, you'll find half the league, including the superstars. Talk about mm-hmm. how they're just trying to get their minutes up, get conditioning in and all of that stuff. So, won't, won't overthink this. Also, the Warriors have two... <laughs> they, they look just, they just look in shambles. But, but if you break this down, they're the worst offense in the league right now. Right. And the fifth worst defense. Mm-hmm. And I'd fix the defense first. Because mm-hmm. the Warriors' problem right now is nobody's shooting it. Including Steph Curry, nobody's shooting it. Now, what does that tell you though? Because Wiggins, Kelly Oubre. Oh, oh, Kelly Oubre, by the way, hasn't scored a single point that wasn't a dunk. Like he's missed yep. every shot he's taken. Open, otherwise he's missed every single shot he's taken in two games. Wiggins has missed a bunch. Both of them combined are one for 20 or something like that from three-point range. Something like that. So, a 10% shooting from three, right? So, I, but that's not their... They were never knockdown shooters, but that's not their career average. That's several points below their career average. True. Same with Steph Curry. So, all of these players, did they suddenly somehow forget shooting? No, when when across the board, your shooting goes down like that, it only points to one thing, which is there's no flow to this offense. There's no method to the madness. They're still not able to figure out schemes, or they have, but they're not executing it on the floor. What's happening in training isn't translating. And this is a, a Steve Kerr problem for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Steve Kerr is a problem. I'm saying this is a problem for Steve Kerr to fix in, in training. And he's got to figure out how to how to get these guys in positions where they can score. We know where they can't. Mm-hmm. And why I say defense is the first thing they should fix is when your shot's not going down. When you don't have Clay Thompson and when you don't have Draymond and all these guys that can shoot or can run the ball and, and pass uh, or be elite passers. What's the first thing you can do to get buckets? You've got to force turnovers. You've got to get the ball on your end of the floor and, and rely on transition offense. Quick transitions, fast break. That's where Kelly Oubre is so useful. That's where Wiggins is, is so useful. And that's where Steph Curry is lethal if you get him open. Mm-hmm. And and for me right now, on defense, they're miserable. 
they're not getting stops they're not forcing turnovers there are no steals no forced turnovers they're not getting blocks they're not even getting rebounds off of missed shots and they're conceding free throws left right left right and center and open shots left right and center all yeah. of these means what you have zero transition offense cuz you're not getting the ball there is no transition the only time yeah. you're getting the ball is when you pick it up after somebody has scored and then you start which then basically means your entire offense is a half court offense and yeah. when you got the worst offense in the league you're not really going to make any improvements if you're relying only on half court sets and zero transition right so i think defense is the first thing they fix how do they fix that well for starters they can have draymond green back that's going to mm-hmm. make a big difference just yeah. just the iq that he brings on the floor and and him with james wiseman i think that's an interesting combination uh, mm-hmm. right now james wiseman his only defense is his size and he's blocking a few shots here and there but but with draymond i feel like that's really going to work and they 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 can start to build something right that's mm-hmm. a big step uh, that they need to take once draymond comes back they need to pick up that defense try and work on more transition offense and and really a lot of their missed shots are because they're forcing shots up they have zero chemistry there doesn't seem to be a single set player that they're executing so then people are just shooting left right and center hoping and praying that they go in and a lot of mm-hmm. these are bad shots it also reflects in their assists steph curry is their leading assist he's their leading everything right now because he's the only guy playing basketball but mm-hmm. but steph curry after steph curry the next guy i don't even know who that is they're like four or five assists is the number two on that team after two games i don't even know mm-hmm. who that is is that because they're not play making enough both it's because they're not running enough that plays and it's because nobody is hitting shots even when you make a pass that should be an assist nobody is knocking down that shot so you you're low on assists so mm-hmm. transition offense is key right now and that means they need to step up their defense first and then everything can follow once these guys get into a momentum these are scorers they'll they'll get back i'm not too worried about that yeah there have been some positives right like you said james wiseman he's looked pretty uh, decent in his first oh, few yes. games that we looked eric pascal actually has been has been stepping up in absence of raymond green uh he had a good game yesterday as well so he's, he, some, I, i don't uh, hold mm-hmm. on I, with pascal right uh, it's a tale of two ends of the floor with with eric pascal because mm-hmm. um yeah he's stepped up a bit on offense but he's been such a defensive liability and i can't overstate this enough like they're toying around with eric pascal on on defense like middleton the whole reason he had so many so many points and they came easy was because mm-hmm. they put pascal on middleton and you watch mm-hmm. middleton get the ball on the perimeter uh one play one jab step uh, one jab step all it took for pascal to take like three four steps backwards and then there was like a mile of separation easy mm-hmm. open three middleton knocks it down next possession middleton again on the perimeter with the ball pascal guarding him at this time because of what happened earlier he was afraid to even get close so he's already standing 2 feet out from where middleton okay. is all right i'll take the shot he takes he takes the shot he knocks it down Pascal is a major defensive liability and if they can't plug that that's going to be a problem. All right, uh that was the teams that are not hot. I would like to move on to the teams that are actually doing oh, well. Right. And right at the top of the list, uh and and I don't know whom to put at the top, but Brooklyn Nets and the LA Lakers. I want to talk about them both. Let's start mm-hmm. with the Brooklyn Nets. They've been impressive since they came back. Uh Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant don't seem like they've missed a season of basketball because they're knocking down threes, they're hitting those shots, they're running to the rim if they want to. they're passing the ball around like yeah. it's it's beautiful to watch do you think uh, brooklyn nets are actual favorites for the title given yeah, the way yeah. that they started off and this is a little funny because they lost the game yesterday yeah yeah it's funny who guess but uh, yeah i mean if they're fit yeah but again this is extended preseason let's wait for 20 games nobody is questioning whether they can play the kind of basketball they need to play to win the chip they can mm-hmm. when you have mm-hmm. two players like that offense is going to flow for fun 
So in the playoffs, it's all about can you stop the other team because you can score for fun. Uh, but like the biggest question mark is always going to be fitness. I know before the start of the season, chemistry was also something that we were questioning. So far, so good, right? I think that looks mm-hmm. A plus right now. Yep. And their rotations look amazing. They bring in just about anyone and they keep scoring. Yep. It looks insane. A lot of credit to to Steve Nash and and Mike D'Antoni. Let's not forget he's he's, he's there on the on the bench, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, those guys, you know, the offense is going to flow. They're genius uh, offensive coordinators. But I think the biggest question mark now and and for the next twenty games at least is fitness and conditioning. Like so far, they look excellent. Uh, will this hold up, or will we see some uh, niggles? Maybe maybe some. Some games where they might have to pull back a bit and Kevin Durant's ex, uh, ex, experiencing a little bit of that injury coming back. Uh, unlikely, but that's pretty much the only question mark. Because if this team is f- fit, the box office, easy chip right. contenders. Uh, do they have a third guy though? I mean, Kyrie and KD have been the yeah. dominant scorers as well. They're getting almost 70 points every game. But is there a third guy that you can depend on? Because Levert comes off the bench. He got 20 in his first game, but then 10 and 10. And I think that was the top scorer on the remaining game. So, uh, is it somewhat like a problem that the Lakers had last season? Is their rest of the team good enough? And they won't complain yeah. because Lakers won the chip at the end of the day. Correct. And again, it's it's probably going to be a bit of that. The Lakers' biggest problem with their third scorer was they didn't have that many scorers to begin with, right? KCP mm-hmm. took a while to get going. Danny Green's shot was off all season. Every, mm-hmm. every Bradley just wasn't that guy anymore, scoring-wise. He was absolutely that guy on defense. So, their biggest problem was they were relying on Kuzma to step up. And Kuzma's biggest problem was he's young. <laughs> he's still learning, right? So, I mean, he put up some great performances when he had a lot more of the ball than he did last mm-hmm. season, right? When mm-hmm. when LeBron's first season there and when LeBron was out, Kuzma was shining. Because he got a lot more of that short volume of the ball, usage rate, all of that. And you saw it even today, I guess, the, against the Timberwolves, right? When yep. Kuzma gets more of the ball and when he's a starter, he scores, he's a baller. His problem last season was they were expecting him to play, expecting him to play off the ball, mm-hmm. a lot fewer touches, kind of be a spot up guy, a slasher to the rim, or a catch and shoot guy. All of these things are new to him. He can still cut to the rim pretty well, but what happens when you expect him to catch and shoot, a dribble handoff shoot, right? I think that was where he struggled with off the ball movement, with with catch and shoot, set shots, and all of that stuff. And you're going to see some of that maybe with Brooklyn. Because Dinwiddie is used to having a lot of the ball. And now all of a sudden, he's that third guy on the offense. Like you will get a few Mm -hmm. touches and you're expected to score in that. Can you Mm -hmm. step up to the efficiency challenge? Uh, Or can you come off the bench and be a relief for Kyrie? These are things that they'll need to figure out. But but we know there's enough firepower to score. It's Mm -hmm. now just a question of rotations and integration. And so far, it's, it's worked. But they haven't really been tested defensively yet. They've played mm-hmm. some good teams, but they haven't been tested defensively yet. I think when that day comes, say a Milwaukee versus a Brooklyn clash, when Milwaukee is firing on all cylinders on defense, I think that'll be a fun fun challenge. Because then how do you figure out your, your rotations or are you going to go heavy on Durant and Kyrie and try and win from there? Either way works. I think that's what Lakers did last season, was heavy on their mm-hmm. two superstars. Hey, when you have Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving, go for it. But those rotations are going to be what they figure out over the next couple of weeks. Right. And the one problem that Lakers don't have this season is a is a third scorer, right? They have LeBron and AD, of course. Yeah. And now you're wondering who's your third scorer just because you have too many of them. Yeah. Schroeder has been amazing. Uh, Harrell has been amazing off the bench. Gasol got some three-pointers going yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they've, they're running the... I mean, they lost... They took an early loss against the Clippers. I think that was more of a preseason extension game. Yeah. But in the two games since then, I think they've looked fantastic and they look like 
absolute favorites right from the word go yeah, i mean clippers are the opening day goats right they never <laughs> oh, they were kings of the opening <laughs> no but uh yeah i mean lakers imagine that huh? going from a team that didn't know who their third scorer was last season to this season where they still don't know who their third scorer is but that's cuz so many people are scoring right it's right. like which one of them is your mainstay montrezarel's been excellent um, i can't can't understand especially his hustle on, on the defensive and offensive boards right just mm-hmm. this how difficulty makes it with those box outs and and second chance opportunities and all that the lakers put a mile between them and the mavs on second chance opportunities it was the same yeah. against the t wolves and a lot of that comes down to defensive and offensive hustle uh, when the ball is not when the ball's in the air and when it's coming off of a missed shot and and harrell's been excellent there shrewd has been their starting point guard they've taken the ball out of lebron's hands on a, on a lot of plays and mm-hmm. you know what it looks good uh, shrewd can yeah. run the offense pretty well and you always have lebron james when when the going gets tough right to to score or to make a play that gets you out of trouble what i really yeah. liked also was uh, the interplay between lebron james and mark gasol and that's going to be a very very important factor going forward right mark gasol is not like a steven adams elite screen setter but mm-hmm. he's a stretch big that can give you a bunch of options and he can pass he's an underrated passer both in the yeah. low post and on the perimeter he can make plays happen so this this inter- interplay between uh, lebron and mark gasol is important because that gives them options when ad is not on the floor and and that's going to that that's something that you'll see develop over the length of the season and that's something that i expect the lakers to exploit so yeah, it looks good uh, so far so good for the lakers uh, they probably want to look more on the defensive end because really what won them the championship was their elite defense because you know they can score with with all of those right. uh, just lebron and ad on the floor you know that's a that's a combined you know 50 to 60 on any given night easy and then you build on that uh, but right. where they cleansed the playoffs was how they shut down the Uh, the best offensive players on the other teams right the schemes they ran against James Harden against Damian Lillard um against Jokic and and Murray so that's probably going to continue to be their focus how do they integrate all of the new guys in, into the defense how do they replace uh, the firepower that they lost really with uh, Javel McGee and Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley that's a lot of defensive mm-hmm. losses that they took so how are they going to integrate Dennis Schroeder into that how do they bring in Mark Gasol how do they you know plug those gaps i think that's going to be their focus Yeah so that way that way are two teams that were hot the Lakers and the Nets who look like who are playing beautiful basketball at the minute what's happening across the league uh guess who's won 3 on who's 3 and 0 after 3 games Cleveland Cavaliers i think they were uh, they were the 38th team probably when we made our picks and they've gone 3 and 0 all the the quality of teams they've played have been okay yeah. except that they also beat the 76ers yesterday so that's impressive that's an impressive start for the Cavs Uh, Orlando Magic has got 3 and 0, two wins against the Washington Wizards yeah. despite Russell Westbrook uh, having a triple double in one of them. He missed the game yesterday but then right. he's played two games and got two triple doubles and we know that he does this all the time. Indiana Pacers have got 3 and 0. They yeah. beat the Celtics yesterday and they've looked pretty impressive. Sabonis has been getting he's got a triple double and he's got a double double in three games. So yeah, he's how about it? Impressive. He's uh, and we saw some of this last season and boy do I know it because he was one of the mainstays of my fantasy <laughs> team last season but Uh, Sabonis, man, he's emerging into like this uh, Nikola Jokic light kind of player. Yeah. Right? He does it all. He does it all. He really is a tripped out threat uh, in every game now. And Pacers look good. Um, already post back, getting a, a strong yeah. run of minutes under under his wings. And the Pacers look good. And and something that I I still don't think it it works in the long run. Uh, the combination of Miles Turner and and Sabonis, but uh, they've they've managed to integrate them pretty well so far. Again, it's it's super early in the season, but 
Sabon is really developing into a Nikola Jokic light version and that's exciting that's the most exciting thing that the Pacers have had since Paul George probably um, mm-hmm. uh, to to look forward to and the upside there looks great right and that's super impressive uh, Cleveland it's three games I, i mean good for them but you know they've not really played any any challenging opponents yet and this is the east mind you so uh, you yeah, take it easy <laughs> they're going to play some tougher <laughs> teams going forward uh, the greatest contribution from them to the league and just to the nba ecosystem overall has been sexton and garland's acronym as a duo which you know has twitter buzzing is sexland and it's just <laughs> it's been their greatest contribution so far and uh, that's about all i can say about the for the cavs all right uh, uh, the, you spoke briefly about nikola jokic and they've got two games he's averaging a triple double no no questions mm-hmm. about that denver's got 0 and 2 in the first two games toronto raptors have got 0 and 2 yeah. in the first two games baby concerned here a bit uh, both teams had really good defense last season and they relied on those defenses to get them out of tight spots in the playoffs both of them looked diminished on defense that's that's literally the only concern mm-hmm. uh, with with raptors their offense is pretty much the same from last season so it is what it is it's exactly what it is but but on defense they look like a diminished team uh, they've lost right. magusol that's a blow and they've lost ibaka it's a big right. blow right so yeah. that's that's pretty much you that's right there they've lost their defensive edge and that's something they need to figure out it doesn't i don't think it's ever going to be the same as it was last season but they've got to try and see what they can do with with their existing resources and trust nick nurse to get that job done right but and the same thing with with denver nuggets and again a coach that you know i i admire coach malone's excellent at at figuring these things out but defensively they're depleted again and it's showing like we knew this would show up jeremy grant as a big blow and we knew this would show up and it and it is so that's another piece that they have to figure out as to how they can shore up that defense this, this is an elite offense really elite offense they yep. just got to figure out their defense and the back uh, back running and they have plenty of time 70 more games to go 69 they have plenty of time but defense is really what both of these teams have to have to figure out all right then and that's all i have time for today because i think we covered a bunch of topics in the limited time that we have but yeah. it was great fun doing this a great a games to look forward to today another bunch another big series of them coming across yeah. i think two big games that i'll be keeping an eye on is the rockets take on the nuggets uh, two playoff contention teams that's mm-hmm. going to be super fun lakers take on portland that's going to be interesting as well so we'll keep our eyes uh, on that one and we will talk all about this tomorrow yeah i have a feeling we're going to talk about james harden again it's like every game he plays <laughs> is now because of how much he's expanded the list of preferred destinations which is pretty much all of the league right now it's at houston um it looks like every game he plays is an audition like is he going to go to this yeah. team and is he performing <laughs> for them so and yeah, let's see man but yeah, james harden is going to keep the entire media nba ecosystem going for the next 2 3 months even if nothing else happens in in basketball I totally agree and if he is giving you 50 points every game I'm I'm taking that as well because it's fun to watch just complaining yep yep all right man <laughs> take care all right bye